0: So we're in week two of our series, The Road to Easter. And, and, and during this series, what we're doing is we're, we're taking these walk down these roads or these, these paths that Jesus took during Holy Week or, or during Passion Week. And like I said last week, we're not really going chronological order because Passion Week or Holy Week begins with the triumphant entry into Jerusalem. So of course, that would be considered Palm Sunday, which is next Sunday. So, we'll actually teach on that next Sunday. And Holy Week ends with with the crucifixion of Jesus and on Resurrection Sunday. So, the paths that we're taking last week and today kind of really happened during the week. You know, last week we went through and took that path through the Garden of Gethsemane and we looked at the prayer of Jesus and, and, and really the words, not my will, but your will be done. Where, where Jesus actually gave up himself to do what the Father called him to do, as much as he asked three different times for the cup to be removed, ultimately it was about God's will and not the will of Jesus. And, and how we in our own lives got to do that same thing and understand that it's about His will, not our will, and, and that that we need to be able to just give it to God, just come to Him with empty hands and allow Him to do what He wants in our life, and try not to control it. But ultimately, in life, we do try and control our own situations. Now today, we're going to take a different walk down another path, and this path actually happened after the garden, and it's called the Via Dolorosa. And now many of you are probably going, Pastor, I have never heard that in my life. I've grown up in church. I've never heard it. And what are you talking about? And although you may have never heard the term, I bet you know the biblical events. And the Via Dolorosa, I actually walked the Via Dolorosa when I was in in Jerusalem. Um, And what it is, it is the path that Jesus took from the moment he was sentenced by Pilate all the way to the grave. And, And along the way, they've got 14 different what they call stations to the cross, And, of course, being raised Catholic, I I had to know all 14 stations. And and Via Dolorosa is actually a way of suffering. And and sometimes it's referred to the way of suffering because we know Jesus suffered from the time Pilate told him he was guilty to the time he ended up in the tomb. Jesus suffered along the way. Now, of the 14 stages of the cross, only 8 are actually uh, found in the Gospels. And what I want to do today is actually, I'm not going to go through what all 14 are, but I will tell you it starts, like I said, with Pilate pronouncing him guilty to be crucified and him being laid in the tomb. So it's everything that happened in between. And there's one event that happened in between all of this that I think a lot of times we skip over or we miss, and it's the only time in the Bible that this man shows up. And his name is Simon. And, and so I want to spend some day, some time today looking at Simon from Cyrene. And, and he's in three of the four Gospels, so I want to spend time with him and, and really ask the question of you this morning, are you willing to bear the cross of Jesus just as Simon did? Because we all probably know the story. But the question is, are you really willing to do what Simon did? So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark chapter 15. If you don't have your Bibles with you, don't worry. There is one in the back of the pew. um, And always, it will be up here on the screen. But we're going to be in verses 15 through 26. So with that being said, let's dig in. Mark 15, 15 through 26. One, to satisfy the crowd... Pilate released Barabbas to them, and after having Jesus flogged, he handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led him away into the palace, that is, the governor's residence, and called the whole company together. They dressed him in a purple robe, twisted together a crown of thorns, and put it on him, and they began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews. They were hitting him on the head with a stick and spitting on him. Getting down on their knees, they were paying him homage. After they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple robe and put his clothes on him. They laid him out to crucify him. They forced a man coming in front, in from the country who was passing by, the, by to carry Jesus' cross. He was Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. They brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. Then they crucified him and divided his clothes, casting lots for them to decide what each would get. Now it was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge written against him was the King of the Jews. So what we see here in this scripture, we, we really see the 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 details of the events that are surrounding the death of Jesus, that that are surrounding his crucifixion. And and you can read through these gospel accounts about the agony and and the pain that Jesus went through and that he endured from the moment Pilate said, you're guilty, to the moment he died on the cross. And, And we see all of these different things. And I think sometimes as we read, through scripture, and, and we're stirred by, by what's going on, and we can kind of almost feel what Jesus is going through, but I think sometimes we miss some details. Sometimes we miss something that may have happened, we miss a word, we miss a phrase, or, or we miss an entire person as we read through these accounts, and, and, and that's where I want to spend today. Like I said, I want to look at, we're going to spend a lot of time in just verse 21, But, of course, we need to still understand the full concept of what's going on and see what really happened to Jesus during this time. You know, as we we take some time and we're going to look at Simon, we know he appears in, in three of the four Gospels. What is interesting, as quickly as he appears in the Bible, he disappears. You don't see him again. You don't see him, you don't hear his name, he's there, he does a job, and he's gone. Just so quickly. Um, but, but ultimately, I think in that brief point of that we see him, he does something for Jesus that his disciples couldn't do. In Jesus' most dire time, while going to the cross, Simon the Cyrene, picked up his cross, and carried it. So he actually carried the cross, carried that burden for Jesus, when all of his disciples who had been with him for three, three and a half years were missing. And according to Mark uh, 14, 50, they all fleed. They they left the scene. Now we know John ends up on Calvary with Jesus at the point of, of his crucifixion, But during this time, all of them were gone. And it makes me kind of chuckle. I'm like, wait, where is Peter? Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Peter was ready to do all of this. And when the time counted, Peter wasn't there. And unfortunately, I think in life, some of us are the same way. Jesus, I will do anything for you but that. Jesus, I'll be there for you. I will do it, but sorry, I was doing something else that day. And that's exactly what we see here. So in the process of all of these people being around Jesus that they flee, God brings someone into the path of our Savior. He brings someone into the path of Jesus to do what the disciples didn't do. But we'll get to that in a minute. I think as we look at this, we need to go back and I'm actually, we'll break down the actual scripture itself. And you know, as we look at this, we know that Jesus was crucified because they proclaimed he's you know, the king of the Jews. But when you really think about what Jesus was crucified for, he was a man who did something for everybody. If someone was in need, he was there. If someone. Was hurting. He was there for them. The only crime he really had against him was he loved sinners. And he hung out with sinners and he healed those and he showed people a way different than what the Pharisees and what the religious leaders were showing a way to meet God and to be with God. But yet he had to go to a cross because of that. And in verse 15 through 20, you know, it it tells us that. Want to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas. So it was custom for the Romans to release a prisoner. So the Jews, three different times, Pilate goes to them to say, Hey, I find nothing wrong with Jesus. And when it comes time to release, they start wanting Barabbas. So to make them happy... Pilate releases Barabbas and then it says he and after uh Pilate released Barabbas to them and after having Jesus flogged he handed him over to be crucified. And then we see what the soldiers did. The soldiers led him away into the palace. Uh, they called a the whole company together, they dressed him in a purple robe, they twisted together a crown of thorns, put it on him, began to salute him, hail the king of the Jews hitting him on the head with a stick, spinning on him, getting down on their knees. They were paying homage, and after they mocked him, they stripped him of his robe and put his clothes back on him. Think about this. Think of the abuse that Jesus took. Think of what he went through on that day. And, and, And of all other things, you know, they scourged him. They, they, they beat him, they spit on him, they, they put this crown of thorns on his head, and while that crown of thorns were on his head, they beat him with a stick or a staff. Imagine the thorns going into his head. The scourging that he took where flesh would have been ripped off of him, going through all of this, and he did it for you and me. He chose to go through everything he went through for you and I. He didn't do it for himself. He chose to do it for you and I. He endured the worst thing that man could go through so that we would not have to spend eternity in hell. That's how much he loved us. That's how much he was willing to do for us and willing to do for his own disciples who weren't there, who scattered like the wind. It goes on, verse 22 through 25, you know, it tells us they brought Jesus to the place of uh, Golgotha. Um, Then they offered him mixed wine with myrrh, but he didn't take it. Then they had him crucified. They divided up his clothes, and at 9 a.m. they crucified him. So you think about what happened before. So he got all his beating, spit on, mocked, everything else, and now... They crucify him, putting nails through his wrists, putting nails through his feet. Imagine the pain, imagine the torment of feeling the nail go through the nerves and go through the flesh of your own arm. Or how about through your feet? Or how about after all that scourging? You know he had to be hurting in a spasm, and what they do, they threw him down onto a cross. Imagine the pain he felt from everything he'd been going through. And now he's up on a cross and he's got to, you know, kind of push with his legs and reach with his arms in order to just breathe. Because the biggest, what they died from during crucifixion was basically suffocation. They, 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 They had problems with their breathing and it, you know, just totally killed everything. But as he's going through this, He's suffering. He's trying to get breath. And he gets enough breath to say, forgive them for they do not know what they do. He gets enough breath to say, today you will be with me in paradise. Everything he's going through, all this pain, all this suffering, all of this, but yet even on the cross, he was worried about somebody else. He went to the cross, worrying about the thief who was on the cross, who, guess what, was never baptized, never went to church, but he believed in Jesus that day. And Jesus told him, today you will be with me in paradise. Everything these Roman soldiers did, everything everyone did to them, he asked, Lord, forgive them. They do not know what they do." How many of you could forgive someone who beat you? put you through everything he went through, nailed him on a cross, and he's asking God to forgive them because they don't know what they do. That's how much he loves us. He was willing to do all of this because of his love for us. He was willing to go to the grave. He was willing to live through all of this suffering, the thirst, the embarrassment up there, naked, everything he went through so that we wouldn't spend eternity in hell. All we got to do is come to him. All we got to do is meet him on the road. We just got to meet him on the road and, and and accept who he is. And I think that's what we start to see. We, we saw Jesus condemned, but now what I think we see is you, you just take verse 21, you're going to see a man who came across the path of Jesus. And, and he was compelled or forced, or depending on what version of the Bible you have, different words, but verse 21 tells us this. It says, They brought... Uh, ooh, missed it. Wrong page. They forced a man coming in from the country who was passing by to carry Jesus' cross. He was Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. That's the whole story of Simon. You really don't think you get a lot out of that, right? Believe it or not, there is so much in that text right there that tells us so much more about Simon, and we generally miss it. We generally totally miss anything about Simon Through that little bit of text, we say, okay, he's from Cyrene. Well, where's Cyrene? Cyrene is modern-day Libya, which is Africa. So Simon was from Africa. We know he's in Jerusalem for a reason. It's the Passover. So odds are that Simon was probably a Jewish proselyte or a Jewish convert. Um, through, Through history, it says there was a lot of Jews actually in Cyrene. Uh, so he probably converted into Judaism. So he was there for the Passover. Which means if he came for the Passover, he probably brought his family with him. So, so as he's there for the Passover and, and to, to offer his Passover lamb, he actually meets the Lamb of God. So as he comes to, to worship, he learns who we should actually worship. And he meets him face to face. Being from Africa, he was probably a man of color. Many theologians believe he was a man of color. And, and, and as you go through the story, you can probably understand and see it even more. Um, he's there, and, and we see that he was compelled or he was forced to carry the cross. Now, something you got to think about is this is the eve of the Passover. And, and in, by Roman law, the Roman soldiers could ask people or tell people, force them to do almost anything they wanted them to do. So they could literally say, you're going to carry the cross. You're going to carry my backpack because I'm tired. You're going to do this. And you had to do it. And if you didn't do it, you could actually be killed for not doing it. So here they they look at this man. And remember, it's the eve of the Passover. The last thing they're going to do is look through the crowd and go, Oh, they all look Jewish. It's the Passover. I can't pick a Jew. Oh, wait. That person must not be Jewish. You come carry the cross. So they purposely picked someone that did not look like Jewish descent to pick up the cross of Jesus. And they basically, it says, they forced him to pick to carry the cross. So, so being forced to do something, you look at, you know, he doesn't look Jewish. Like I said, he's probably a Jewish convert. Being from Africa, probably a man of color. So they forced him to carry the cross of Jesus. And he willingly took it up. Now, I don't know if it was, hey, if I don't do this, I could die. They could sentence me to death and I could die for not carrying this cross. But for some, he did what the Roman soldiers told him to do. Now, understand this. Picking up that cross on the eve of Passover would have defiled anyone who touched that cross. They would have been considered unclean, would not have been able to go into the temple, would not have been able to participate in the Passover. So the moment that Simon touched that cross, his Passover ended. He wasn't able to celebrate exactly what him and his family, who traveled from modern-day Libya to Jerusalem, to enjoy the Passover festivals was now unable to do it with him and his family because he was considered defiled for picking up the cross, for touching the cross. So so it kind of tells you why they wouldn't have asked someone Jewish to do it. Because it would have caused a something upheaval. It would have been all of this going on. That's the last thing the Romans wanted. Knowing that all the Jews were in Jerusalem was to have an uprising. So they picked Simon and Simon willingly took the cross, willingly picked it up, willingly did what the soldiers called him to do, willingly carried the cross for Jesus. And regardless what the situation was with Simon, the moment he touched that cross, he was a marked man. He was a marked man to this is what he's going to be known as, as the person who carried the cross. And I think what's interesting as we look at this, you think about what Jesus said in Matthew. If you want to be my disciple, you have to do what? Pick up my cross and follow me. Now, tradition actually states that Simon carried the cross behind Jesus. So now think about that. He was forced to carry it, and he actually carried it walking behind Jesus, exactly what we're called to do. We're called to pick up his cross and to follow him. And, and most people, we, we look at this one simple verse, and we miss it. You miss all of this about Simon, but even more interesting, I think what we saw this day was we saw salvation. And you might be going, well, Pastor, how do you get salvation after the, out of this? Did you notice who Mark mentioned? Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus. The only, play, only gospel they're written in is the gospel of Mark. Not mentioning, you know, Matthew, Luke, John, but Mark mentions them. So Mark mentioned, has to mention them for a reason. And, and the belief is that Mark mentioned them because of the people that Mark was writing the gospel to, the the followers who were around Mark knew who Alexander and Rufus were. They knew who they were, and, and you think about it, if you're writing a letter to a church or to a group of people and the accounts of what's going on, and you mention two people's name, it's probably because what? They're well-known. They probably know exactly who they are. Go so far as even in the book of Romans, the apostle Paul writes about Rufus and Rufus's mother, and actually claims Rufus's mother as his adopted mom. So to me, something happened when Simon picked up that cross. It not only affected Simon, it affected his whole family. And I think through this day, as as God's will put Simon in the path of Jesus, walking with the cross, had the Roman soldier say, you pick it up, it was all through the will of God. I, I think back and you see it all throughout the Bible. The woman at the well. Jesus just happened to be there at noontime when she came out to get water. How about the Ethiopian eunuch sitting there reading the Bible on chariot? Poof, hey, you want to know what that's about? Let me tell you. Baptized them and gone. The the encounters that God brings. I I think about my own life. I I knew who Jesus was. I met Jesus the day a friend of mine invited me to a, a church up in North Carolina. And I truly believe it was God's will to have me and this guy meet up that he brought me to this church, and I was hungover from the night before, and I knew who Jesus was from my upbringing, but I met Jesus face-to-face that day. And it changed the trajectory of my life. And I think we see the same thing here. Simon was coming in from the country, and cross paths with Jesus, carrying a cross, and then was forced to pick up that cross and follow Jesus to Calvary. As I read this, like I said, there's so many things that that we seem to miss, and it really makes me wonder, are we really doing what we're called to do? You see, as as a criminal in, in Roman times... When you were told to carry your cross, it was so that the people would see you. It was a a public spectacle. That people would see you and and be able to look and realize that you were under Roman authority. The same laws that you tried not to follow, you're now following because you're carrying that cross. And you're carrying it to be nailed to it and hung and crucified to it. And as degrading as it was, that's what was required of them. But then I think of us as Christ's followers. We're told to do the same thing. We're told to carry his cross. And through the carrying of that cross is that self-denial. And we've got to own up to the fact that, hey, we're following the one. We're following our creator. We're going to follow what he calls us to do and not what the world calls us to do. And when we do that in the world today, you know, the world's not going to like what we do. The world's not going to appreciate it. We're going to be mocked by the world. We may be spit on by the world. We may be beat on by the world, not necessarily here in the U.S., but we could be verbally beat on here in the U.S. because of our beliefs, because we pick up our cross and we follow Jesus. And many times we won't do it because we don't want to face that ridicule. We don't want to face even a little piece of what Jesus had to face. Simon willingly did what he was called to do. He could have very easily said, I'm a Jew, you can't do that. And because of saying he would have, would have was a Jew, they probably would have found somebody else because, you know, the eve of the Passover. He willingly went and picked up the cross and followed Jesus all the way up to the place of the skull, all the way to Calvary. And and it makes me wonder and ask that question, are we truly willing to carry the cross of Jesus? Are we truly willing to do what he calls us to do? Think about it this way. Are are you willing to allow God into everything in your life? And when I say everything, that means, are are you going to have God listen to the same music you listen to? Say, hey, Jesus, come listen to my music. Hey, hey Jesus, come watch these TV shows or these movies that I watch. Hey, hey, Jesus, you want access to my internet browser? How about be on my TikTok page or my Instagram or my Facebook? You want Jesus to see what you're doing there? Will, he, will you allow him into that part of your life? In other words, picking up our cross and following him? means he's allowed to see everything in our life. Guess what? He sees it anyways. But here's the reality. How many times do we think, oh, I can do this. He won't know. Really? He ain't going to know. But we'll try and convince ourselves, well, you know, this is me and this is my Christian. Kind of straddle that fence and say, well, when I'm with my friends, I don't need to pick up my cross. He knows me. He knows we're okay. Everything in your life, will you allow Jesus into every single part of your life? And trust me, it makes a big difference if you allow him inside all of your life. You see, during the song this morning, it was it's not about an agenda. It's about just staying at his feet. Do you really just come and stay and sit at the feet of Jesus? Or do you kind of only sit at his feet when you're in need? Oh, I'm hurting, Lord. Things aren't going my way. I need you. He provides for your needs, and then you kind of like, thanks, and you move on with your own life, and you start doing those things, and, and then you're all of a sudden in need again, and, and you're on your knees again, and, and things aren't going right again, then you want him. Why not take him the whole time? Why not live your life for him all the time? Everything you do, denying yourself, and allowing him to change your life. Allow him to change your life just like he did Simon and his whole family. He changed their life, and the reason we know about Simon today is probably not only because of three gospel accounts, but because of his two sons. We know about him because of Alexander and Rufus, who apparently were well-known to those that that Mark was writing to. So something changed in their life that day. Something changed. I asked earlier today, do you remember the day you accepted Jesus? Something changed in you that day, right? There was a change in your life. There was a change in what you were doing, where you were going, and God... Put you and Jesus on the same path that day. And you ran into your Savior, and you decide to accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Which means you, like Simon, are required to pick up His cross and follow Him. Are you still following Him the same way you did the day you met Him? Are you allowing him into every part of your life? or hey, Jesus, you can have these nine. I'm keeping this one for myself. Because, you know, we always try and keep part of ourself instead of that full self-denial. We, we try and keep. But but I just need this one part. It's just a little sin. It's not hurting anybody. He went to the cross. He was scorched. He was spit on. He had a crown of thorns, put on his head, beat while he had that crown of thorns on his head, did that for you, you need to give him everything. Not just some of you, but all of you. Your entire being, your entire life, everything you do, give up to him and do what he calls you to do. So the question is, are you willing to bear the cross as Simon did, Or are you going to abandon him the way the rest of the disciples did? See, you're here and you're like, well, pastor, you know, I'm I'm that one who I kind of give him part of my life. I carry my cross when it's convenient. When when it's convenient and people see me, I'll carry the cross. But, but Lord, when I'm by myself and I'm in my home and, and there's no one around, You know, I kind of do these other things. And and I, I leave the cross at the door so I can pick it up on my way out. Simon didn't leave the cross at the door. Jesus doesn't want you to leave the cross at the door. It's to be picked up and follow him with your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul. Everything you have inside of you should be to follow him. There's no gray areas. There's no gray area in scripture. It's pretty much black and white. But man, we'll try and build this gray area, won't we? Well, it's Jesus and. No, it ain't Jesus and nothing. It's Jesus. It's pick up your cross and follow him. Not pick up your cross and follow him sometimes. Not pick up your cross and follow him on Sundays. Pick up your cross and follow him every hour of every day. And sometimes, guess what? We drop it. So we need to bend down and pick it back up and keep moving. Being obedient to what he calls you to do. That's what we're called to do. And maybe you're here today and you, you know, Pastor, that's good. And, you know, I've heard these stories all the time, but... but I've never accepted Jesus. I I, I don't know him, and and I know his stories. And, and Pastor, you just don't understand how messed up I am, how messed up my life is, the thing that I've done. You know, I'm, I'm probably one of the ones that hit Jesus when he had the crown of thorns. Well, guess what? God's Word says we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. So you could have been the one that hit him, But if you ask him into your life, you get that forgiveness. You get that forgiveness and and you can live your life knowing that he loved you enough to go through that for you. He was willing to take that beating for you. And whether you're, you know, we're all sinners anyways, you're never going to get your sin right. God's word says that yet while we're still sinners... God loved us. He showed his love for us because he sent Jesus to the cross to die for us. And it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now that's where it starts. You ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you you ask him and, and you confess it. Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Lord, I'm a sinner. I fall short. But Lord, I also believe that God raised you from the dead. And through that raising Jesus from the dead is what provides that salvation for us to where as we believe in him and we ask him to be the Lord of our lives, he will start to change us from the inside out. And that sin that's in our life, that has got that grip on us. He'll slowly pull them fingers off of us. Until one day it's released. And that sin is no longer has a hold of you because you've released that sin and you've grabbed the cross. And you're carrying that cross with Him and following Him. And maybe you're just here and you're Pastor, I, I'm that other one you talked about. I won't let Jesus everywhere in my life. I got stuff going on that he can't be a part of. Guess what? He knows it. He knows exactly what you're doing. It's like Adam and Eve trying to play hide and seek with God. You know, where are you? He knows right where they're at. But it takes that obedience from us to to come out of hiding and to say, Lord, here I am. Lord, I've failed you. I, I know you're my Lord and Savior, and i failed you, and, and I'm asking for that forgiveness. Lord, forgive me and give me the strength to move on. I want to encourage you today, no matter where you have, you've never accepted Jesus or you're just not carrying that cross daily, during our final worship song, I'm going to have prayer partners up here up front. And during that final worship song, you're, you're free to go. You, you can leave, and while people are leaving, you need that prayer time. Just swim upstream, and you can come up to one of the prayer partners up here, and they'll be more than happy to pray with you and for you. Get right with Jesus. We're walking this path to Easter because our whole belief system rides on what happened on Resurrection Sunday. That's what our faith is about. If Jesus did not go through what he went through during Holy Week to die on that cross and to rise again, we would not be here today. We would not be having this conversation because that is what our faith stands on. That is the rock of our faith. And if you don't believe that, Come up and pray. Come up here and see one of these prayer partners. And I just want to also encourage you that as you go out during this week as a follower of Jesus and as you're carrying the cross of Jesus, we all got something we're supposed to do. As it says in Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So this week while you're out there in the world, make sure you're doing that. That's what we're called to do. Pick up your cross, preach the gospel. You carrying your cross is preaching the gospel. The way you live your life is preaching the gospel. Your emotions, your actions, everything you do is a relation of preaching the gospel. Preach the gospel, carry your cross, do what God calls you to do. And so I'm asking Valerie Maureen. Tracy Fry, go ahead, come on up front. And again, at, at the end of my prayer, you're free to go. Or you can stay and worship or come up here and pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you. We thank you that through it all, even through the struggles, the pain, the beating, everything you did, you still found a way to meet Simon on the, on the path. And, Lord, we know you affected not only Simon but his family because the gospel mentions his sons. Lord, you have a way of affecting people. And, Lord, there's someone around who doesn't know you. Lord, I pray that, that you arrange for that path, that meeting, where they will come and meet you face to face. Lord, that they will come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior. That they will accept you as their Lord and they will live their life for you and they will pick up their cross and follow you daily. And Lord, if there's someone in this room that doesn't know you or even join us for church online that doesn't know you, that they will make that move today because your word says today is the day of salvation. That they will accept you today and change the trajectory of their lives. And, Lord, if there's someone here who is struggling with that picking up the cross, they do it sometimes, maybe on Sundays, maybe a couple times during the week, Lord, that that they will make that move today, that they will truly pick up their cross and follow you. And, Lord, that they will understand that you have met them, what you have gone through for them, And, Lord, that you want none of us to spend eternity in hell. So, Lord, we love you. We honor you. We ask that you continue to move inside our lives. And, Lord, make this prayer in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go and serve the Lord. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to...